0: This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses.
1: Season 16.
0: Episode 11. This is Writing Excuses. What is poetry?
1: Fifteen minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And I want to know the answer, too. (laughs) I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dan. I'm Amal. And I'm Howard.
0: And for the next eight episodes, we are going to be digging into this question, what is poetry? And Amal is going to be guiding us through a masterclass. Um, I am extremely excited about this because as I was telling Amal before we started, uh, I have written exactly two poems as an adult that have not been in service to a novel. Um, one of them was at a puppetry workshop and the other was on the back of a placemat. So, (laughs) Mel, what is poetry?
2: What an excellent question.
0: Uh, So rather than
2: answer the question, which would be way too straightforward and obvious, (laughs) um, I'm going to reply with a question, uh, which is one that we tend not to ask ever at all, but is really crucial, I think, to answering what is poetry. And that question is, what is prose, though? <laughs> what actually is prose? Um, and the reason I want to ask it this way is because it has been my experience that whenever I mention poetry to um, classrooms full of students who want to learn to write, who are interested in creative writing, who are interested in writing novels and short stories and screenplays and what have you, that there is this kind of instinctive bristling at the idea of poetry, that it can be frightening, that it can be alienating and off-putting. And I always find myself wondering why that is. And I come to realize that there is some inherent assumption that poetry is the opposite of prose, that poetry is everything that you are not good at somehow, that like you're learning to write prose. And poetry is like this weird other country where up is down and blue is purple. And it's just uh, hard and weird and, and makes you feel bad. And I really want to challenge that and kind of dig into that a little bit. So I want to start by asking all of you, if you will uh, assist me in this, what to you is a defining feature of poetry that makes it different
1: from prose? Oh, this feels like a trap. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The challenge challenge for me is that uh, I've been putting things in buckets my whole life. And there are so many things that are going to fit into both buckets. But I will say that when there is an established meter with a rhyme scheme, mm-hmm. then I know I'm in the land of poetry. Right. But my neighbors in the land of poetry don't necessarily have rhymes and established meters.
0: Yeah. No. And and that's, uh, so I'm sitting here thinking, okay, what prose? All right. How how do I, like, when I look at something, I'm like, well, this is prose. Um I think one of it is uh, thoughts that it tends to be fairly linear. Not always, but it tends to be fairly linear. It tends to group thoughts by paragraph, hmm. um, and uh, and and that its structure is paragraph and scene. When you're talking about fiction, and when you're talking about nonfiction, again, it's it's paragraph, um, and that there tends to be a uh, a, a, a sort of a specific point that you are driving towards, and that you don't want to leave the pieces out, hmm. uh, so that people aren't aren't lost. When when I'm thinking about it, like you know, in terms of um, and and it is thinking about it as an as an opposite of poetry. You're, you're right. Wow, <laughs> that is such a trap. Uh, but I I am you know that that it is. Uh, yeah, I think the linearity of it—that's um, a word now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, linearity. It sounds like you're also talking about argument, maybe. Mm-hmm. Like,
2: but. Um, that that in nonfiction, for instance, that you are trying to convey an argument, and that you need to make sure that the stakes of that argument are clear and stuff like that. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah. Like, there's there's you know, with um, with public speaking or, or essays, mm-hmm. there's generally two forms: there's informative or um, or persuasive. Mm-hmm. You're either trying to inform people or you're trying to persuade them. And then in fiction, you know, you are there is there is a narrative, um, and it's not the Poetry can't have a narrative, but that prose is the the service of the narrative comes before the um, before the consideration of form.
2: Mm.
1: Okay. Well, and that leads into what I was going to say is um, that for me, and I was I was going to start by saying that poetry is where form matters as much as content does. And as I've been listening to you talk and and trying to second guess what I think you're going to say, I suspect what's actually going on is that prose is a form that has just become so common uh, and has a lot of the features that Mary Robinette just talked about. And poetry is where we have culturally grouped every other form, whether that Mm -hmm. is rhyme or specific meter or... You know, leaving certain words or or concepts out and and you know turning uh, it into more of a readerly thing,
0: yeah, well, and then there's free verse, like as we're talking about it, the thing that I keep thinking about is um John Scalzi's Sagan diary, and he mm-hmm. wrote it as free verse poetry and then pulled out all of the um the line breaks and grouped it into paragraphs. Mm. <sighs>
2: So this is wonderful to me um, in so many, <laughs> so many respects. So because obviously you are all, you know, accomplished writing professionals and not first year university students uh, and stuff, you are doing the thing, which is that you are kind of, as soon as you put forward an example, you are scrutinizing that example and going, wait, there are so many exceptions to this thing. And this is where I want to, um, take what you've said and and kind of put it in conversation with some of the things my students tend to pull out, which is they'll say, um, okay, so definitively, you know, rhyme and meter for sure, you know, hallmarks of poetry. They'll say line breaks for sure, hallmarks of poetry. You know, if if something is hugging the left-hand margin, then it's definitely a poem. Um, they'll sometimes actually say things uh, that are much more easily I think interrogated than some of the things that you've brought up they'll say like well you know metaphor is a feature of poetry uh figurative language um they'll also sometimes talk about something that is really distilled something that is really compact uh where the the language is full of images and stuff like that so it's I always end up you know writing all of these on a board and then saying these are really these are really great you know fantastic. However, have you considered that with the exception of rhyme, all of them are also features of prose? So if you want to talk about line breaks in prose, we have paragraph breaks. And what happens? Why do we break a paragraph where we do? Um, has a lot of different answers, but all of them come down to a question of intention, that you intend to convey something to the reader with where you break a paragraph. What happens when you break a scene, for that matter? Um, You are eliding quite a lot of linear information when you break a scene in order to transport someone immediately somewhere else, right? Um, Or something like, um, you know, a famous phrase like... uh, um, is this, is this Raymond Chandler? I always forget to look this up. He had a gun. I took it from him. Is an amazing ellipsis, right? Like there is so much condensation happening in that, which people would unquestionably call prose because it's occurring within a novel. But uh, what I want to point out is that poetry is using all of these tools that prose also has. They're not actually opposites. When you're talking about narrative, there are absolutely narrative poems, Um when you have something like uh you know alfred noyes the highwayman where the the purpose of that poem is the story of the poem um and everything else about the poem is in service of that story is in service of like the highwayman came riding riding the highwayman came riding um under the moon i can't remember the exact lines but it's just there all of this um all of the rest of the poem's elements are in service of that story um likewise uh Tons of poetry doesn't rhyme, so you can't use it as a defining characteristic necessarily. Uh, Mary Obnett, do you want to chime in?
0: Uh, No, I was just letting you know that I was going to need to pause for the book of the week in a moment when you were done with your thoughts. Uh, But do you want to finish your thoughts?
2: Yes. So all of these tools, essentially, uh, are shared by poetry and by prose. Uh, And so what I want to kind of drive towards with this is not to say that poetry and prose are the same. They are not. They are very different, but they're also not opposites. They are, I'm going to get kind of technical here, but just to say they're related modes with different emphases. Um, And we can talk a little bit about how those emphases differ after the Book of the Week.
0: Uh, the, what a wonderful segue. Uh, so we are pausing for our book of the week, and uh, that is A Map to the Sun, uh, which you were going to tell us about, Amal.
2: Yes. So I wanted this to be the first book uh, to recommend in specifically talking about poetry because the last two pages of this stunningly beautiful original graphic novel by Sloane Leong Um, made me feel the way only poetry has made me feel up until this point. Um, It's a stunningly beautiful book about um, the friendships between girls um, on a girls' basketball team, essentially, in high school. And it's about the difficulties in these girls' lives, about the ways in which they relate to each other. And the core of it is uh, specifically that one girl... Uh, sorry, two of the girls had formed a really intense friendship two years earlier, and then one of them left and broke all contact off for two years and then returned and tried to just have the same relationship again. So it's a book about the intricacies of friendship and the difficulties of it. Um, and it's deeply, deeply beautiful. Uh, and I, when I got to the end of this book, which is full of color, there's an incredible treatment of color all throughout the last two pages felt like dawn breaking in my mind. Like it was the most intensely beautiful experience of just being overwhelmed by feeling and um, and and tears and loveliness. That I I'm still puzzling over how the book did this to me, uh, which is a feeling mm. I get
0: from poetry. So I wanted to. Take it it. Uh, that's wonderful. So that's uh, a map to the sun by Sloane Leong.
1: Uh, before we uh, before we jump into the, the, you know, this further exploration of how poetry and prose, prose uh, share tools, um, <laughs> I want to weigh in with a fun metaphor. Uh,
0: mm.
1: If you've ever watched someone, a, a comic book artist, illustrate with just a brush and ink and watching the way they create a picture, really just using two colors and a brush and an ink, Um, there, that's a skill set that I wish I had that I don't. There is also a video on, uh, well, it's going to be on YouTube and I don't know where exactly of a guy painting gold trim on a table freehand with a brush loaded with the gold trim paint that he's using. Okay. And his confidence of line is absolutely amazing. And to me... This is the same difference as the difference between poetry and prose. Both, both skills or both, both uh, domains require mastery of this tool. But the one guy is framing a table in a way to create, to, to allow the table to then frame other things. And the other guy is creating a page as part of a sequential story. And so in the realm of illustration, I think we have plenty of examples of the same sort of dichotomy. I'm drawing a picture. I am illustrating a repeating pattern of Celtic knots with things going on in the knots that change as they go.
2: I love that metaphor so much. And I want to build on it a little bit. Uh, I remember Shweta Narayan, who I'm going to mention a couple of times throughout this masterclass because uh, they are a deeply brilliant poet and thinker um, and and fiction writer and and also artist, (laughs) which is where this is coming from. Um, So they were telling me about how when they learned, when they were in art school, um, they were learning, uh, looking at like art in the West, that there is a kind of event horizon that happens where it seems like And then they learned how to draw uh, where suddenly, you know, um, (laughs) like photorealist things. And uh, and so and the main thing there, if I'm recalling this correctly, is uh, perspective is like perspective as a kind of technology begins to emerge. And um, the funny thing is, though, uh, in thing that often happens is that there is this assumption that perspective is always going to be used the same way. So in, um, in, in art classes that focus on the art of Western Europe, you might not understand that, uh, that in, The farther east that you have that same knowledge of perspective simply because the same kind of art is not emerging there. So what Shweta was telling me was that if you look at um, certain parts of the Taj Mahal, there's this weird thing that happens where you look up and there's writing on a column and no matter where you are in reference to the column, the writing looks the same size because they have used the same knowledge of perspective to create A totally different effect. Instead of trying to create a um, a kind of realist uh, uh, reproduction of the world around you, they have bent and twisted the world around you into this one thing so that no matter where you are distance-wise, you are still able to read this thing. Um, I'm I'm being a little bit vague in my description of it because I am trying to remember a conversation from a while ago but it's that same tool used to super different purposes. And I feel that way about poetry, that where prose is often trying to represent and denotate and communicate with a certain kind of clarity and convention and understanding, poetry is often transforming, shifting, weirding um, these things. And I want to kind of bring this to one succinct statement about, for me, what the difference is between poetry and prose, uh, is the difference ultimately between singing and speaking. And that uh, we'll get into that more next episode, that even though singing and speaking are using the same instrument of your voice, um, which is a tool in and of itself, they're doing so in wildly different ways that provoke wildly different effects. But we'll get into that more next episode. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Amal. So in the meantime, I want to leave you with some homework. Um, And the homework is very simple. It is that I want you to subscribe to a Poem a Day service. Um, There are a whole bunch of them. Uh, We're going to link a couple in the show notes but I just want you to uh, subscribe to something that is going to put a little bit more poetry in your life, one poem one day at a time, just so that it's not as alien and different and weird and threatening as it might have been otherwise. And as you get these poems landing in your inbox, I want you to read them. I want—they're always going to be pretty short—and um, I just want you to pay attention to your reaction to them. You're probably not going to understand a bunch of them. Some of them are going to be frustrating and opaque, but some of them are also going to be really remarkable. And you might find yourself enjoying elements of them. And I just want you to pay attention to your reactions and note, where are you enjoying things? Where are you not enjoying things? And see if over the course of a week, you notice some patterns emerging and start to figure something out about your own taste in poetry.
0: Uh, for those pe- people who are exploring poetry for the first time, I'm going to offer a piece of advice uh, that Amal gave to me years ago when I was trying to learn more about puppetry, uh, Puppetry, poetry, same things, um, which is to take your time when you read these poems and that you may need to read it more than once because if you're used to reading prose, you're used to skimming. And a poem is not a thing to be skimmed. Uh, this has been Writing Excuses. You're out of Excuses? Now go read some poetry. Writing Excuses is a Dragonsteel production, jointly hosted by Brandon Sanderson, Dan Wells, Mary Robinette Kowal, and Howard Taylor. This episode was mastered by Alex Jackson. If you aren't familiar with Locus Magazine, they're a long standing and respected website, magazine archive, and resource for science fiction, fantasy, and horror.